Hey, this is Pastor Daniel McGee with Connection Church in New York City. Thank you for listening to our church's weekly podcast. We hope God uses this sermon to encourage you and to increase your faith in Him. If you'd like to know more about our church, please check out our website at ConnectionNYC.com or like us on Facebook at ConnectionNYC. Grace and peace be with you. Here thinks that it's healthy to laugh at yourself from time to time. Is anybody who here is good at laughing at themselves? I I only ask because I don't know if you noticed, but the the worship team started singing and, and Angela tapped the mic and she's kind of like, "Is this thing on?" It turns out that if you don't plug the speaker into the wall, that no sound will actually come out of the speaker once you sing into the mic. So, I say all this to say, Bobby, we need you to come back, man. We need you back soon. Everybody deserves a vacation, but we need Bobby. Um, yeah, I couldn't help but notice Angela tapped for a second. I, I looked at Haley, I said, pretty sure that's not plugged in. So, there's your laugh. If you're not good at laughing at yourself, at least you can laugh at me. And, uh, yeah, awesome. Well, welcome to Connection Church. If you guys have been following along online or if you've been coming every week, you know that we've been walking through the book of Acts. And I know Daniel mentioned uh, last week that it wasn't necessarily our original plan. We didn't set out and say, hey, let's go through Acts piece by piece. But what we did set out to say was, let's talk about the power of the Holy Spirit and how that affects um, just the way we live our life. And so actually I did forget one other thing. So let me, let me do this real quick. Now, now we're good to go, okay? So, Bobby, find a way to cut that out. I know you'll, you'll do a good job. Um, so, anyway, what we're going to do is we're going to continue in uh, Acts chapter 5. We'll be in Acts chapter 5, verses 12 through 16. And what I want to do for you guys, if maybe you're a little fuzzy on some things we've spoken about already, or, or maybe you're just jumping in with us, I want to I catch you up a little bit uh, on what's going on. And what we see at the very beginning of Acts is, is we see the Holy Spirit come down at the day of Pentecost, and, and just amazing things start happening from that moment. It's evident that the Holy Spirit is powerful, that it's active, and we see this most in the life of Peter and John. And in fact, at the end of chapter 4 uh, in Acts, we see Peter and John being extremely bold before a council of religious leaders, and the reason that it took boldness for them to be in front of this council is they were being threatened with being arrested. The things that they were doing uh, with, the, with the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus were making these religious leaders very uncomfortable because it kind of challenged the status quo. And the religious leaders said, hey, these are, these are largely uneducated men, and, and it's, not just, it's not just these people that are doing these miracles. Everybody understands what's going on. Even the uneducated people understand what's going on. How can we possibly stop them from continuing to preach the word? And so they threaten to arrest them, and Peter and John are kind of just like, hey, look, you do what you got to do, but we're going to speak in the name of Jesus because we know that is the truth. And so they find no, no way to charge them, and they release them, and people get really excited, and they're encouraged, and they're pumped about the boldness of Peter and John, so much so that many of the people who revere Peter and John and the message that they're speaking in the name of Jesus, they sell their possessions. And no one in this group of people, it says, was needy because they sold possessions and they laid them at the feet of the disciples. Man, what an awesome 
awesome testimony. Who of us here hasn't gotten excited or encouraged by things that the Holy Spirit has done in our lives or in the lives of those around us, and we just get pumped, right? In that moment when we decide, wow, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, this whole thing is real, and when we really feel it, it feels like we will never not feel that way, right? It's like, this has changed my life. I'm going to live this way forever, and we almost forget that it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that we even have that recognition, because I know I do, really struggle with moving out from that moment, uh, these epiphanies that we have as believers and go, okay, thank you for revealing that to me, God. I got this. And then I take off. And it's challenging because that never lasts. In fact, we see that that there were a couple of people at the beginning of chapter 5, Daniel preached on this last week, that weren't quite as encouraged or that encouragement didn't stick around for very long because they decided that they did not want to sell all of their possessions. They said, look, this, this Holy Spirit thing, this God thing is awesome, but in fact, we don't want to give all of our possessions, so let's just, let's just say we sold it for about half of what we actually sold it for. We'll keep that for ourselves, and we'll just tell them, hey, here's all of our possessions. They decided that they weren't living, they weren't going to live within the power of the Holy Spirit. They lie to the Holy Spirit, and thus they lie to God, because the Holy Spirit is God, as Daniel explained last week, and they both die from this encounter with the powerful Holy Spirit. These examples, as I was going through this, especially the end of chapter four and the beginning of chapter five, it reminded me of when I was in a a college campus worship service. It was at the University of Arkansas at Monticello, which is where Haley and I went to school. It's in southeast Arkansas, small school, about 3,500 people. There's the plug, if you guys want to look it up. Um, They're most famous for being on an ESPN commercial at one point where, I can't remember the initial mascot, but basically the commercial goes, is there any mascot in the country that's more ridiculous than this mascot? And they name a mascot, it's like armadillos or something like that. And somebody says, well, there's the bull weevils at Arkansas Monticello, and literally the mascot at UAM is a bull weevil, which is an extinct parasite. So um, there you go. So anyway, it reminded me, I was sitting in this wonderful university. It really is a great university. Loved my time there. Would not have wanted to go to school anywhere else, even though we did have a ridiculous mascot. But I was sitting there, and someone was preaching, and they, they put into words something that I knew but I never thought of in this way. And you guys know the power. When, when you learn something brand new, that's pretty powerful. But when you learn something about something you already knew that you didn't already realize, that's extremely, extremely powerful. And so this person was preaching on the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, and more specifically in this uh, sermon, they were outlining the details of the death of Jesus on the cross. And one of the things they said was, Jesus died on the cross for all of our past, present, and future sins. And I was like, yep, amen, I got it. And he said, so what that means for us is every time we choose to sin, we're actually adding to the pain of Jesus on the cross. Because he had to die for all sins, even the ones we haven't committed yet. So as we go out and we make these mistakes, we're actually making it more painful for Jesus on the cross. And that just wrecked me. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm never going to sin again. That's all I needed. I just needed that truth to hit me the way that it did. And I remember speaking to our campus minister afterward and just saying like, hey, I know I'm not perfect. I know I'm going to sin, but I just feel like I'm going to look at sin a lot differently now that that truth has been revealed to me. And he said, I I think you will do that for a week or two, maybe. He said, but then I think if you're not walking with the power of the Holy Spirit, if you're not allowing the Holy Spirit every day to reveal this truth to you, 
It's just going to fade like any other truth that you've already known. And I thought, man, that's so true. And so when we look at our lives, what God is asking us to do is he's asking us to live out a mission that only he can fulfill. He's asking us to live out a mission that only he can complete. And so it makes sense that only he can equip us to complete this mission. And the way he's chosen to equip us is through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we've seen now in these, in these chapters after the Holy Spirit comes down how this is playing out. We've seen people healed. We've seen bold preaching. We've seen the disciples affect those around them in the sense where they admired them so much that they gave them their possessions. Uh, they started praying for boldness as well when they saw how much God uh, saw that in the lives of, of Peter and John and how he blessed that. And so they start praying for it at the end of chapter 4. And now here we are. We're, we're right after uh, the story of Ananias and Sapphira. And, and we're jumping in in verse 12. So I'm going to read these verses. Uh, we'll pray, and then we'll kind of dig in and, and talk a little bit more as we break it down. In verse 12, it says, Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles. And they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in high esteem. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. And 15, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, that as Peter came, uh, that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the power that lies in Scripture. God, thank you for speaking to us through your word. I just pray that as we gather today, Lord, we would just have an even better understanding of what it looks like to, to follow you, to serve you, to live for you. God, that you didn't ask us to do that by our own willpower because we never could. God, you ask us to trust in you and to trust in your Holy Spirit and allow it to guide and empower our actions. God, I pray that as we study the book of Acts um, and these incredible stories of how the Holy Spirit has already done these things, God, I pray that we would be inspired and encouraged to go out and live in the same way. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. So... We see a few things in verses 12 uh, through 16, but the first point today, and the first thing that we see is that the Holy Spirit inspires action. The Holy Spirit inspires action. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, in verses 12 through 14, let's look there again. It says, Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles. Signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by who? the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. So everyone was there. Everybody that believed in the name of Jesus, everybody that was part of this movement, they were all there. But the signs and wonders were being done by only the hands of the apostles. And it goes further. It says, none of the rest dared to join them, but the people held them in high esteem. It says, more than ever believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. <clears throat> there is a pastor in Jamaica, Queens. His name is Jonathan Nason, and he spoke at a convention-style gathering that I was at earlier this year. I believe this was him. If not, 
if somebody finds this on the internet and this was not Jonathan, I apologize, but I believe this was Jonathan Mason. Um, the, the main idea here is this isn't my original thought. Uh, but he shared the difference between addition and multiplication, which I think a lot of us understand that basic principle of math. And the word added is used several times throughout the book of Acts in the beginning when things were being done by just the apostles. They were added, they were added, they were added. In multitudes, added, added, added. And that's amazing. It's amazing that, that numbers and scores of people were being added to the following of Jesus Christ. But we see later in Acts when those people who were originally added come into the fold and they start living their life in and around and through and with the power of the Holy Spirit, what happens is they start doing the works and they carry out action and then the scripture doesn't say added anymore. It says they were added and multiplied. It says God's people were multiplied. And so what can we learn from this? It's amazing for people to be added to the family of God. When we baptize people, it's actually, it's something that's required, right? When we baptize people, we bring them in. We just had a baptism service not too long ago. And, and we get excited. That's right, Sal, we get excited. We're pumped. And we get excited because people are being added to our family. But we also want to see discipleship happen. We want to train people on how to lead others to Jesus as well. And that's where multiplication comes in. And that's a, that's a huge staple of our church here at Connection Church. Uh, Jonathan Nason, when he shared the difference between addition and multiplication, I don't remember the exact number, but he shared if, if a singular ministry were to add a thousand people a day through baptism, and, and that's like legitimate baptisms, not just people getting excited and getting baptized, but legitimately people were coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus and being baptized a thousand a day. It was some odd like 57,000 years or something like that before the whole world would be reached at its current population, not counting population growth. And then they shared, almost, almost like a pyramid scheme, but a good one, right? Uh, they shared like if one person shares with uh, another person, that person shares with another person, and it gets built out, it was like 33 years the whole world would be reached through multiplication rather than through addition. And so if there's anything that we take from this, it's that the Holy Spirit inspires action. And so we, we see the people here in, in, in this group that are following. They admire the apostles. The apostles. They're excited. They're encouraged by what's going on. And, and they've somewhat participated, right? They've given money. They've prayed. They've kind of been faithful to the movement, but they themselves are not ministering yet. And so we're still in addition. So if you're here today and you've given money to Connection Church, or you've prayed uh, for Connection Church, or you, you faithfully attend church to be encouraged by how God is working through our church. Those things are incredible. They're amazing. We are so grateful that you're doing that. But the truth is, if it just stops there, if you haven't joined in the actual active uh, ministry uh, of God, then you're not really living to the fullness of the power that the Holy Spirit provides you. You're not really living to the fullness of what you've been equipped to do. It would be like if I had an, an iPhone and I just called people on it and texted people on it. I mean, that's cool. That's what it does. It's, it's a good thing, right? But it's, not, it's equipped to do so much more. I can get on the internet. I can download apps. I can add the Connection Church app and follow along with what's going on, right? Uh, so there's just so much more to be done. And if you're someone who's sitting in here today and, and thus far you've stopped at giving and, and praying 
and attending church, all those things are amazing. But if you're not actively working to minister to others, if you're not uh, volunteering for things that are going on at church, if you're not trying to start ministry in your own life, in your workplace, then I'm here to tell you that God has more planned for your life than just prayer and church attendance. Prayer is powerful. Continue to do that. But we talked about prayer a while back and that it's kind of like this active step to even more action. As we pray, we're praying that God provides us opportunities to continually serve him. Right? As we come to church, we're hoping to be equipped to go out into our neighborhood and serve Jesus. And so my encouragement is, in, in these first several verses, this is the first step for a lot of these people. The Holy Spirit has come down and the apostles have been empowered. They share the good news with these people and they're like, hey, we're here for it. But they haven't necessarily become the equippers themselves. They haven't gone and taught other people. They haven't multiplied yet. So my encouragement is if, if you've been here and you feel equipped and you feel like you have been encouraged by God, if you feel like you have people here that will support a ministry that you would like to do, my encouragement is that you actively get involved in what God is calling you to do. And that's working for his kingdom uh, and work in ministry. That doesn't mean it has to be vocational. It doesn't have to be your job, right? A lot of times it's awesome if it's not because in your workplace you can connect and encourage people. And so the first point is the Holy Spirit inspires action. And we want to see that action in the life of the members uh, of our church. And so if there's something that you would like to do here at our church that we don't currently offer, let me know. We'll make it work. Um, I actually just contacted someone this week about uh, a very specific, unique opportunity to do some ministry. And they said, hey, I think I'm here for it. I need to make sure that I'm equipped to do it but I'm here for it. And so if you guys have any ideas, let me know. We would love to make it happen. All right, on to the next point. Verses 15 and 16. It says, So that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. How powerful, how palpable must the Holy Spirit have been in the life of Peter so that people were just putting cots down and, and tossing the sick near the street and said, maybe he'll walk by and his shadow will touch you and you'll just be healed. The Holy Spirit was powerful in the life of Peter. In 16, it says, the people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits. And they were all healed. So not just in Jerusalem, the surrounding towns are like, have you heard of this Holy Spirit thing? Peter and John are popping off in Jerusalem, and it's, it's crazy. we got to get the sick people over there and get them healed. So they bring the sick people, and they're healed. So not only does the Holy Spirit inspire action, but through that action, it inspires healing. That's, that's the, the second and final point. I was going to do three, and I was like, you know what? No. No. Only two. And uh, but yeah, the, the Holy Spirit, through our action, through the activity that we have in the call that God has placed on our life, it inspires healing. And now here in chapter 5, we see actual physical healing happening. I believe the Holy Spirit still has the power to do that today. When we pray for people to have miraculous healing, we see the Holy Spirit move and heal people miraculously. We've had people in our church family and surrounding church families miraculously healed through prayer. And so that's a belief that we hold, is that the Holy Spirit actively moves in the physical health of those around us. But it also says that they were cleaned of unclean spirits, or they were healed of unclean spirits. And so we also believe that the Holy Spirit intercedes 
on our behalf as we actively serve our neighbors around us and we pray for them and we ask the Holy Spirit to intercede. We see the Holy Spirit clean unclean spirits from people's lives. We see the Holy Spirit revealing who Jesus is in the lives of those around us. And so when we're truly living in the power of the Holy Spirit, we will see ourselves being actively engaged in the mission that God has called us uh, to live out in our life. And we will see people around us being healed. If we're doing this correctly, our church, Connection Church, us individually, will become known as the healers of our community. How incredible would it be if people in Astoria were like, listen, I don't know what's going on in this person's life, but what I do know is I have to get them to Connection Church. Because maybe, just maybe, Candace will walk by and her shadow will hit this person and she'll just be transformed or he'll be transformed because the Holy Spirit is so palpable in the life of Candace that I just have to be near her and I'll be healed. The Holy Spirit is so palpable in the life of Connection Church that I just have to get near the building. I don't even have to go in. If I can just walk down the sidewalk next to Connection Church, I know God's presence is there and that I will be healed. And that's the goal. That's the goal of our church. We want to transform our community. We want to transform our neighborhood. We want to transform the city, the state, the country, and the world in the name of Jesus. And so if you're here and you hear that and you're like, yes, let's do it, it starts by you getting actively engaged in the mission of Jesus Christ. I'm grateful because a lot of the people that we have in our church community are actively engaged in this way. And we see it all throughout the week. We see people drop in uh, at Connect the Tots. We see people lead out and, and set up for our worship service. We see people lead out when we have worship nights. Uh, we see people volunteer and sign up when we do community service things, which we'll have another opportunity to do soon. Um, and so I'm very, very grateful for Connection Church. I think in a lot of ways uh, we lead out and with great example to our neighborhood. But I want us to pray about taking it a step further, about releasing and handing over even more of our life to the Holy Spirit. And I want to see God do even more incredible things than he's already done. As we continue to engage our community, as we continue to engage the neighborhood, I want people to come around us and just feel the weight of the Holy Spirit as soon as they step near us, that we are so engaged in prayer and scripture, and we are so walking with Jesus and the Holy Spirit step by step that when people come into our presence, they say, oh my, something, something just happened, and I want more of it. A God-sized vision and mission, like the one we've been given as followers of Jesus Christ, requires God's constant presence in our life. It requires what we've been equipped with. It requires the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. God, we are so grateful for the way that you've chosen to equip us. God, that you choose to include us in your vision and your mission for the world. God, we're grateful for our church community that walks together with one another in unity. God, that gives of their possessions, that gives of their time, that loves Astoria, that loves our city, that loves our church community. God, I pray that we would continue to walk together in unity, that we would continue to serve those around us. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would take it a step further in our lives. 
God, I pray that you would be doing such incredible things through the lives of those in our church, that it would be undeniable that your Holy Spirit was amongst us. God, people wouldn't have to question, oh, what's the mission of Connection Church? God, they would feel that love. They would feel the service. They would feel the activity in your mission, God, that they would feel the healing around us. God, I pray that you would place that healing hand on us. God, start with us. Transform us from the inside out so that we are so reliant on your Holy Spirit, God. The only thing that we can do is go out and share the way you've transformed us with others through our actions, through our words, through our love, through our patience, through our kindness. God, I pray that you would lead out in our lives, that we would build your kingdom faithfully as you faithfully walk with us every step of the way. God, we pray these things in your Son, Jesus' name, and with the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.